Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. This is Mike, Tom, and Jim, and we are one more than two. We are three Sweet Me Bro. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We got an exciting episode for you. Uh, Really quick, we're going to talk about the CM Punk rumors, some of the big rumors. Next, we've got the Clash of the Champions or something else, perhaps. We're going to talk about FTR, what's going on there. Uh, We're also going to talk about Mickey James. Also, what's going on there? Uh, A little confusing uh, per her tweet. Uh, And we're going to wrap it up with uh, Bullet Club. Really specifically Bullet Club Gold. Of course, you got your match of the week, and then we're going to round it out with a spotlight. So stick around, and gentlemen, let's get into it. Kind of touch on some stuff that's happening. It just seems like news just keeps happening and happening, and where it's been like, what? To like, oh, God, no. Like, to like, oh, shit. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, welcome, welcome, welcome. All right, guys, let's get into some clickbait here. Um, I mean, hot and heavy off the press. It seems to be the, I don't know at this point if it's the story or the individual just doesn't seem to want to quit. Uh, he's like the little engine that could. Uh, CM Punk is back in the news, um, which uh, I, I I only knew about that he's, I've been kind of following it a little bit and it's a lot of like little clickbaity crap, uh, hey uh, where it's been like, you know, hey, CM Punk's had talks with Tony Khan. All right, cool. <laughs> CM Punk's had another conversation with Tony Khan. Yeah, all right, cool. So it's been really that kind of like, all right, what? Where's the juice? Well, supposedly the juice is, uh, and 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 this is where I I stopped, and apparently I I guess I wasn't really paying attention uh, as as the other two gents were, which uh, I'll lean on you for. But apparently he is uh, he's coming back. Um, it, it it hasn't been officially announced, but. According to you, I mean, now that this is getting bigger and bigger, it sounds like it's going to be official pretty soon, which uh, no shame. Obviously, I'm a big CM Punk fan. Um, really excited for it. Um, and ultra rumors uh, coming around um, is that uh, the dynamite that's going to take place in Chicago on June 21st, uh, it's Chicago. It's his hometown. Um, I can't see why not. Uh, mm-hmm. a big opportunity there, but let's unpack these rumors. Uh, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to lean on you too, uh, because I clearly, I didn't see the rest of, uh, some of the news. Um, but there sounds like there is some more news, but sounds like punk's coming back, uh, sometime this summer, possibly at the dynamite in Chicago, uh, supposedly, but, uh, yeah, guys, what do you think, Tom, what's, uh, fill us in on anything, you know, we, I might've missed. I would just like to say breaking news. CM Punk takes a shit. (laughs) <laughs> that is, is literally where we're at right now guys um no yeah the the, the big the big rumors for sure are punk's gonna be he's making his way back to aew there was a lot of talks uh the last couple of weeks and we've kind of alluded to it but we we, we didn't really like digest it um that he was in talks with tony khan to come back uh and now the big I think the big hang up is there is a core group of guys that really want him back. And then there's a core group of guys that do not want him back. And it's again, blurring that line of story versus uh, reality. I know Chris Jericho, surprise, surprise has been weirdly not outspoken, but outspoken about not wanting punk back because there, there was a tweet that just went out about somebody saying, 
like, oh, you, you're the best. You work great with everybody, blah, 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 blah. They were just stroking his ego. And he basically replied with not everyone. And a lot of people took that as a, a shot towards punk. Um, so I think, I, I do think he's going to come back. I, I think it would be foolish for Tony Khan to not take advantage of this. Because um, let's, let's face facts here, guys. Drama creates cash. I hate to use whatever Eric Bischoff said. What are the controversy is something? I mean, it is true. Uh, So I think I I also read too, Jim, and you you can touch on this, that he um, he's willing to work with the Bucks and the elite, but doesn't, doesn't seem like they really want to at the moment. Uh, And then Brandon Cutler, Jim, I'll I'll give it to you. Brandon Cutler also has some weird kind of passive aggressive shit too. So uh, yeah, go ahead, Jim. Brandon, we'll start with Brandon Cutler and, and work backwards, right? So, uh, Deadspin put out a tweet, uh, that said CM Punk is gaslighting AEW. And Brandon Cutler quote tweeted it and said, somebody gets it, uh, which is incredibly rich with irony from Brandon Cutler. Uh, for those who aren't aware, Brandon Cutler is, you know, best friends with Young Bucks. Uh, you know, they go way, way back. The fact the Bucks brought Brandon Cutler back to professional wrestling with AEW. Uh, Cutler works in executive as well. He's not just a talent. He does work for the company on an executive level. Uh, I believe in the creative yeah. services, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so him doing that publicly is, well, fucking stupid. Uh, it's a really stupid fucking <laughs> yeah. move from a business perspective. Um, to kind of backtrack though, uh, yeah, if all reports that I've read say that Punk is wanting to bury the hatchet with the elite. He wants to bury the hatchet with the elite, with Chris Jericho. He knows that there are people there who don't like him. And again, from, from what I'm reading, he recognizes that, he acknowledges that, and he wants to work past it. Uh, one report that I read said that he's actually reached out several times to try and meet with the Bucks uh, to try and, and work on on this business relationship. Because the reality is, you know, we're, we're all working adults. You don't have to like someone to work with them. You don't have to be friends with everyone you work with. You just have to be able to work with them. And I think that's the approach Punk is taking is, look, we're never going to be friends, but that's okay. Um, but yes, again, from all reports I'm hearing, it's not reciprocal. Uh, the Bucks and Kenny and Jericho are not willing to talk to Punk. They're not willing to to extend that olive branch back, uh, which is leading to what I think is one of the most exciting and interesting rumored prospects here. And that is, uh, if if you recall, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Warner Media, there was speculation that Warner Media was going to launch a second AEW two hour show on Saturdays. Right. So you'll have dynamite on Wednesdays. They're kind of looking at rampage as kind of the Sunday night heat equivalent, right? It's just, it's not going anywhere. So they want to launch another two hour show on Saturdays. The rumored, the speculation is that if, if this rift between punk and the elite is not able to be fixed, then you have a soft brand split where punk is you know, kind of artist in residence in one show, the elite are in residence in the other show. You can have them both in the same company without them having to share a locker room, blah, 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 blah. Can't stress this enough. I've used the word rumored like 50 times here because this is all speculative. It's all rumors, but it, when you hear it from multiple sources, it starts to pick up a little bit of credibility to me, especially sources that are 
usually pretty dead on with stuff. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp is usually really good with his reporting. Uh, and he put out a really big story the other day about this. So I do. I feel confident that Punk is coming back. I think it makes perfect sense for him to come back at Wintrust uh, in Chicago because, you know, that's going to go insane. They're going to everybody's going to go nuts. Hopefully us. Hopefully we will be going insane because we'll be there. Uh, but it's Yes, we will. It will be huge. Uh, and, and AEW doesn't need Punk, but you can't tell me he's not going to be a boost to them. You can't tell me he's not going to be good for business. And at the end of the day, it's what this is. It's a business. And that guy's going to bring butts to seats. They want to sell out Wembley Stadium. Announce that CM Punk's going to be there. You sell out Wembley Stadium. Well, I was just going to say, so one of the big things that um, it'll be interesting to see, I think what could mend the fences, and I know Harwood uh, of FTR has been really pushing for this, is he's like FTR and Punk versus the Elite and Kenny Omega, or just, you know, the Elite. That Are you telling me that, like, Wembley is what, 70,000? Maybe. 75. So maybe 75. Okay, so give it maybe another 10. I mean, I could easily see that yeah, you build that right. And I, my God, and it, again, it's a business. I, that would, you could probably retire <laughs> off of what those guys, if they play it right. And, you know, they, I, I mean, again, I'm speculating here, you know, with contracts, but have you guys heard anything about that? Like, and I feel like that is starting to pick up a little bit of steam because I feel like Dax is really, it's, it's not the first time he's talked about it. So I don't know if you guys have heard anything about it, Tom, have you, have you heard anything about it? Um, not too much. I just know that on, on his podcast, he's been pretty vocal about, you know, just kind of mending the fences, but he, it, it seems to have died down a little bit. Like the things he keeps say, kind of saying, he, it, it's like, you know, the first time he got on was like, here's kind of the situation. Then the second time he got on, it was just kind of like, well, yeah, punk and I are friends. And then it just kind of lessons as, as he, as he continues on. So yeah, I don't, I haven't really heard too much to like go off of, but um, man, I agree with you though. I, I think FTR and punk versus the bucks is just, is a no brainer at this money, point as money, I, baby. I mean, that's insane. <laughs> Could you imagine that? I mean, and it's the UK and it's they massive wrestling base over there. And, it, you know, they have they have little indie feds, too. Uh, um, oh, my God. What's the Ireland? Um, is it Rev? Rev Pro? Rev Pro. No, it's, is it Rev? Is that the one in Ireland? That's not the one in Ireland, but that's over no. in the it's UK. A, it's a big fed in UK. Yeah. Yeah. What's the what's the one in Ireland? Damn it. I, I it's oh, IRA. Yeah, it, yeah, it's that. It's them. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out, kids. Yeah, all right. No, it was uh, Drew Galloway. Was That's where he came yeah. from and uh demo was big over there um i think jd mcgonna uh jesus right jd mcdon't google me yes JD <laughs> jordan devlin yeah yeah jordan thank you i should have just said jordan devlin so yeah so no it 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 makes sense but who knows i think that transitions into a wonderfully into our next uh clickbait item and that's Clash of the Champions, and clearly you can hear the irony, hopefully you can, in my voice of Clash of the Champions. 
Um, Jim, why don't you fill us in on what the fuck is going on with this? There's very few times where I wish we had a visual medium for this show, uh, because let's face it, we're ugly motherfuckers, but I, a shiver just went down my spine when you said clash the champions. And I wish people could see. So you may not be, uh, you may be asking yourself clash the champions. When is, what is that? When is that happening? I thought they got rid of that. Well, you probably heard it advertised originally as the King of the Ring, Queen of the Ring premium live event that was going to be taking place in Saudi Arabia. And WWE this week announced that it will no longer be King of the Ring, Queen of the Ring. It will now be Clash of Champions. Um, Obviously, WWE isn't just going to come right out and say, we're doing this because Saudi Arabia is a misogynistic hellhole. Therefore, they won't allow us to have a queen of the ring tournament. Uh, they won't come out and say that, but that's pretty fucking obvious what the problem is. And, you know, we, we had a, one of the first episodes we did of the show was talking about the very problematic relationship WWE has with Saudi Arabia and, and, and how they kind of have to, um, uh, really do some interesting, moral yoga uh to to do business in that particular part of the world and i think this is another one of those instances where if you're a female talent right if you're if you're one of the the, the women's wrestlers on the wwe roster wwe just continuously says we don't fucking care about you uh i i think this week you know rhea ripley said that her and charlotte stole the show at wrestlemania uh she believes very strongly they should have been the main event I think there's a case to be made there, but it just it adds up over and over again of WWE clearly doesn't respect women's wrestling and clearly does not care about the women's wrestlers on their on their uh, roster. And this latest move is just it's just it's stupid. Um, it One thing that should be of note as well, and I think this is probably something that you're going to hear a lot on WWE programming coming up is that the scheduled date for clash of the champions in Saudi Arabia just so happens to land on the exact 1000th day of Roman reigns title run. So I'm sure that's going to be the whole story of the pay-per-view is that it's a thousand days for Roman reigns, but don't forget as they're trying to hype it up as this big Roman reigns thing to do that, they had to take away an amazing spotlight opportunity for the women's talent on their roster. So yet again, fuck you, WWE. <laughs> Man, true words have not been spoken, you know? <laughs> Holy smokes. Yeah, it is. It is the whole Saudi Arabia mess. Uh, it, it's just that it's a fucking mess. And yeah, I mean, and also, too, I was kind of stoked about King of the Ring and Queen of the Ring because like those are great. It, it, it was usually always reserved for like the the workhorses of the company like the Bret Hart's and the Mr. Perfects and 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 they I mean obviously over the years they've gone astray because didn't didn't Baron Corbin win once and Mabel I mean you can't forget yeah. about the workhorse yeah. Mabel <laughs> but I mean it's just it is man Jim you're absolutely right it's just disgusting disappointing I I really really like hope in the next you know, year or so or ever, how long that contract is, they never do this again. Because, uh, man, it's just taking away from so many great matches. And, and the fact that, yeah, I mean, why, do we, why are we going to care about Roman's 1,000 days? Like, we know it's going to happen. We know it's going to happen. So, okay, who gives a shit? And also, real quick, I know we didn't plan on this, but did you hear who their 
they're trying to have him go up against. Jimmy, yeah. it's your favorite wrestler right now. Omas. God fucking damn it. <laughs> God, you know, every time I think they've hit the, the limit of my disappointment. Yeah. They bust out a fucking Omos match. <laughs> just really diving deeper into my disappointment in them. I, I read that and I was just like, yeah, okay, cool. Of course they're going to do it because who better to beat than the, the massive giant on your thousand days. So I was just, come on guys, get it. Get, just, can we get over this please? Oh, fuck. I, you know, it's, it's funny. We, in the last, last story, we were talking about the importance of business. You do what's right for business. And I re- I realized that in WWE's mind and their collective consciousness, they think that this is a good business move. It's not. It's just fucking not. No one is ever going to pay to watch Omos wrestle. <laughs> ever. No one is. People are going to be far more interested. You're going to get far more social media engagement. You're going to get far more talk from a queen of the ring tournament in Saudi Arabia than you would ever fucking get from an Omos versus Roman Reigns for a thousand days. Nobody's going to give a flying fuck. It's not a smart business decision. It's a lazy decision. It's a Vince McMahon decision. I'm done with this motherfucker. And I just, I'm, I'll just read about it at this point. I don't care. And it's just more, I'm happy. I walked away. Um, It's just, the product is just, and now with this, no thanks. And if that's the way they're going to go, Oh my, I mean, it's just, it's sad again. I know not to go back to last week's episode, but, it's they they are cementing themselves as an entertainment company that just happens to have like a little bit of wrestling and it's it's a bummer um and i i really feel bad for some of the people and i hope it's it just doesn't give everything else a chance you know and then make up your mind if if that's the way you want to go fine you know there's people that fucking ride or die with wwe and i mean christ almighty i mean all of us have grown up with it but it, at some point have walked away from it I, you know and, and, you know, I know, Jim, you you still dabble, Tom, a little bit as well. I just I can't do it anymore. I think what really irks me or not irks me, but kind of just makes me sad is that. Yes, this is a Vince McMahon thing, but he has a new boss now and that boss likes money. And I don't think that Saudi Arabia contract's going anywhere, dude. Unfortunately, just I, you know, um, I don't think, unfortunately, not to get so political, but it's. Yes, that movement is strong. It's not strong enough. And to where I, you know, that it's going to change that it's just money talks and it's sad. It's unbelievably sad. And yet another reason why I don't watch it. Tom, uh, why don't you tell us what's going on with FTR? Uh, Some interesting news with them as well. Uh, Why don't you? Yeah. Lay it on us. So FTR, I don't know if you guys saw, I thought it was pretty awesome that, uh, Dax um, took a shot of his belt and it says Jay Briscoe underneath it. Oh, that's cool. Because uh, they, they, I believe they came out uh, on Ring of Honor with uh, Mark Briscoe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so FDR announced that they re-signed with AEW for four years. Uh, and after four years, they are going to retire, which is crazy because of how young they are and how talented they are. And I would love to hear what you guys think. Is this, do you think this is just, is this true or is this a work or is this a way to 
maybe go to the Indies and just work a few shows afterwards. But part of me just cannot believe that those guys are going to wrap it up in four years. I maybe, maybe take a, maybe a year or two hiatus, get healthy, get uh, healed up, even though they they already do kind of look healthy and, and pretty healed up. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm just curious to see. I, I, I for sure don't see them going to WWE anytime soon. Uh, that's for certain. But what, what do you guys think? Do you think they're going to re- call it quits or hit the indies? I, I, cause I've been, I've been thinking about this, um, since they made the announcement and, um, in many ways it's, um, for, for fans, it's, I think it's very sad for fans. I think it's, we're, 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 we're going to be missing out because those two are phenomenal. They're brilliant minds. I hope they retire from in ring, but not from the business. I hope they stick around and take on a producer role or take on coaching roles because they have a lot to offer still. Um, but it, what it also reminded me of is it reminded me of this kind of spate of early retirements in the NFL a few years ago where a lot of players suddenly realized, wait a minute, I don't want to cripple myself before I'm 40 years old. And it reminds me a lot of like Luke Keekley of the, of the Carolina Panthers, Andrew Luck uh, of the Colts, right? Those guys retired and people were like, but you're fucking, you're so young. Your career is just, you know, you're, you're in your prime. And those guys, you know, their reasoning was I, this is a dangerous game and we want to be able to play with our kids and our grandkids. We want to be able to have a life when we're older. Uh, we're going to walk away now. And I, I wonder if that's the same reasoning for, for Dax and for cash. Um, you know, I know Dax is, you know, big family guy. Uh, I know he, he loves his family very dearly, talks about it very often. I wonder if that's part of the reasoning. And if it is, I don't blame him one bit. I, I don't blame him one bit. Uh, like I said, I, I hope that they're, the plan here is to retire from in-ring competition, but not from the business. Cause like I said, they just, they have so much more they can offer uh, in an office role, in a coaching role, in a producer role. So I, you know, I, I, I support their decisions there. Look, it's their fucking bodies, man. I, you know, I don't get to determine who gets to ruin their bodies for my entertainment. Um, you know, I, I support their decision. I, it's sad for fans, but ultimately I think it, it could be smart because, you know, they don't wrestle a real reckless style, but you know, what's the, what's the expression you hear all the time? It ain't ballet guys get injured, you know, shit happens. And, and, why keep pushing it? So yeah, I, I get the reasoning. Uh, you know, I get why that could be the reasoning, I should say. Yeah, no, I mean, Jim, to your point, look at look at what happened to Harwood. That mm-hmm. freak injury with his with his and he even with his arm, it got pinned. That's why they they have the uh, I don't know if you've noticed right after that, they started wrapping the ring pose. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom, I don't know if you saw it, uh, but um, he, it, it like he got pinched. Oh, yeah. And it like it I was like near an artery or something. I mean, he was like, thank God that someone was there and like, like tourniquet, tur- oh my God, tourniquet, uh, put a tourniquet on his arm uh, and whatnot. But he even said that he was close to, he wasn't even sure if he was going to be able to come back because he was having like really weird grip, like tingling. Yeah, wow. it was really bad. So, and Jim, this is, I was, I didn't, kudos to the spin, not, not a spin, but a really honest look at it. Cause that's, um, kind of where I was going to go is more or less because um, I've heard that one of the conditions was with AEW, if they wanted to resign, they wanted to tour the indies, like the indies, you know, so like high school gymnasiums type stuff. And like, do you imagine seeing FTR at like Guilford High School? Like, <laughs> I'd be there. Are you kidding me? I'd go to see FTR, you know, and a chance to say like, like, wow, thanks for reinvigorating tag team wrestling, you know? And so 
I would, where I was going with that is that I, that could beat them up. That's a lot. And that's yeah. where I could see, you know what? We've cemented our legacy, you know, and I could see them cherry picking these different events. It, absolutely. And just promote, and you get a good promoter and you know, you, you're working with those two minds and come on, are you telling me you, you could absolutely sell something out? But again, to Jim, your point, I think that could wear and tear. And that's where I think, Hey, we cemented our legacy. At one point we were what four different, three, four different champions. I, it, three, yeah. it, you know what I mean? It, what else more can you say? And then Jim, I agree, go into the business and like, cause you have so much still to offer. Um, and, and whatnot. So it'll be really interesting to see what ends up happening. Wait, 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 Another interesting topic, um, which just kind of came up recently, uh, is uh, Mickey James. Um, just saw this the other day, or the other day, just earlier today. Um, and uh, wasn't, kind of caught me by surprise. Uh, I guess, Tom, why don't you, I, I know you saw it. Um, I know we have our, our impact guy uh, here with us, but um, Tom, walk us through, I guess, what you saw, what you think, and then we'll turn it over to the impact guy. Cause I mean, he's the impact. <laughs> uh, man. I don't watch impact. I, it's a dumpster fire. So never heard of it. Yeah. Never heard of it. Next. Uh, no, it was just, uh, it was kind of out of nowhere. Uh, Mickey James relinquished the title due to an injury. And, um, I believe it's going to be Jordan grace and, uh, God damn it. You can do it. Tom Deanna Peruso. God fucking so close. You were close. Damn man. it. What, what is it? Perrazzo. Perrazzo? Perrazzo. Oh. Yeah. Well, they're going to be. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Who cares? Fuck, Anyways. Fuck her. <laughs> uh, so they're, they're going to be going for the title. Uh, Jim, you can you can touch on this more uh, since you love and only watch Impact. Uh, for, for forever. So. <laughs> well, before I was the impact guy, I was the Mickey James guy. I've been a big fan of Mickey James for a long time. So yeah, it was a sad announcement. A um, little bit of a recap for people. Uh, and by people, I mean, Mike and Tom, cause they'd never watch. So they wouldn't know this, but uh, <laughs> Mickey James just went through a storyline of her last rodeo where Mickey James had a string of matches. And she said, um, if I lose, I retire. And that took her all the way to a title match with Jordan Grace, where she ultimately beat Jordan Grace uh, to win the knockouts title. Well, now Mickey James has had to, had to relinquish the title due to injury. So it'll be Jordan Grace versus Deanna Parazzo. Um, Both are former champions. Um, both would be wonderful kind of people to carry on the legacy, to carry on the, the title. Um, but what's what's the biggest story, I think, in my opinion, coming out of this is that there's speculation of, is this just Mickey relinquishing the title or is this Mickey retiring? Um, because, because of her, you know, years of service, uh, and, and, you know, that she might be ready to walk away. She might be ready to, to, to leave, leave the ring for good. Um, it should be noted that she is married to Nick Aldis, who we've talked about a few times on here as one of the biggest free agents going right now, one of the biggest names of free agency out there. Uh, so she, that might be a part of her decision as well is wanting to spend time with her husband since neither one of them would be on the road now. And to the first time in their relationship, that's been, that's been true uh, when neither one of them had signed to a major company at the same time. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of interesting um, let's see what happens here kind of stuff coming off of this. Uh, It it is a shame uh, that 
it's a shame that she had to relinquish it. I would have loved to have seen, uh, there's so many good matchups for Mickey James in, in impact. So many women on that roster who I would love to see Mickey James go toe to toe with. Um, and a lot of young talent that could really learn from her and she could really bring up. So it's a, it's a shame. It's a real, it's obviously it's, it's a sad story, but, um, hoping she isn't having to retire. That would suck. Nobody wants to go out like that. Uh, hoping she can still, still stick around, but the way she made the announcement, the kind of the tone of things, uh, the, the image of leaving the belt and her hat in the middle of the ring. No audience. Yeah. Makes the arena, you know, like that's, yeah. Yeah. I was like, "Hmm, interesting. Yeah. So I'm real curious to see what's going to unfold from this. Yeah, agree. No, she, I mean, really one of the pioneers of, you know, really early women's wrestling where it was like, no, women can wrestle and, and, and do it very well and tell a story. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if, would she be considered part of the attitude era or was that just kind of like coming out of the attitude era, going into more of the thugonomics kind yeah. of, you know, where it was like pushing the envelope with the thugonomics era. era. <laughs> I, that's just, yeah. I hope it. That's what they call it. Like it wasn't the, you know what I mean? It wasn't necessarily the attitude era, but it was like the thing I'm referencing is the Mickey James, like licking her hand after like rubbing, what was it? Trish Stratus's crotch. Yeah, she grabbed like Trish's that. crotch and then licked her hand. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, Whoa. And I, I knew it wasn't attitude era, but anyway, regardless. Still, aggression, man. Maybe that's <laughs> what, yeah, aggression. The, Ruthless aggression. Fucking idiot. Anyway. Um, <laughs> no, I, yeah, Jim, I agree. And it just, you know, wasn't the biggest fan. Um, you know, but I mean, she can wrestle and she did it really well. Um, I don't necessarily agree that she should have won the title from Jordan Grace. I thought it was a weird way to interrupt Jordan Grace's uh, momentum, but also um, because I follow Jordan Grace, I think it was because she's been prepping for uh, like a bodybuilding competition, mm-hmm. which she actually won um, and really cool. Like good for her. Yeah. She, like really, really awesome watching her kind of progress this way. So I, I think she's going to get the title back because I feel like just with this and it just, she's got some more buzz again and not to crap on Deanna Perrazzo. I think she's amazing. And I could definitely see more of a, to draw more eyes uh, on impact to, to build that feud between those two. Um, but I just, again, thought it was a weird choice not to not crap it on Mickey. I just, I thought that would have been a good way for her to, to go out. Cause everybody, I think we even talked about it, Jim. I thought you, I think you even said, I think, you know, Jordan Grace is going to retire Mickey James, which I, I thought would have yep. been great. I really would have. I'd, so it's interesting that this is happening, but I mean, like you said, I, you know, I think earlier you can't fault somebody for wanting to spend time with their family and especially her husband who also does this, who is kind of in limbo as well, you know, a hot free agent, but he's also like, yeah, no, I got a wife and a kid, you know, and is in that class of perhaps, you know, I'm done, you know, I'm, I'll figure it out. And, you know, I'm sure they're going to, you know, be in the business, all that and stuff. So no, Tom, what are your, what are your thoughts? Um, that pretty much the same as you guys. I think the the overall theme for sure is, um, I, I like like Jim said, you can't fault anybody for taking time off or retiring to not you know to be able to hold your children. Uh, as you know, you know, we've said many times, Jim and I are are you know fathers ourselves, and that that's a allegedly. You know, <laughs> allegedly. Still waiting on the paternity test. All right, don't be fucking throwing me under the bus. Um. Well, anyways, this got weird. Uh, (laughs) Well, allegedly we're no, but um, no. Yeah. I mean, this isn't, uh, this isn't old school wrestling where you, you know, born in the ring, die in the ring. And and I think that's admirable for, for both 
you know, Mickey James and FTR to, you know, retire off in the sunset healthy and to be able to hang out and, and, you know, continue, uh, you know, a good life with your family. So yeah, hopefully, you know, if she does come back, hopefully it's, it is that, you know, retirement run. Uh, I, I love Mickey James. Uh, she's always been somebody who's reinvented her character several times and I've, I've loved every, every, every time she's done it. Um, so yeah, I mean, hopefully this isn't the end, but if it is, Hey, she's had a hell of a career. Oh my goodness, man. Uh, Tom, why don't you kick us off here? Uh, cause I know you've always been a big fan of the bullet club. Uh, but are you a fan of bullet club gold? Biz clears, baby. Biz clears, clears. Yeah. Oh gosh. Oh no. <laughs> you just made them a million dollars. God damn it. Um, no, Carl no. Anderson's ear burning right now somewhere. We were joking earlier before we chopped on how great it would be if the bullet club was like bullet club platinum, bullet club diamond. Bullet Club forever, you know. It's just, man. I, I, I've said it time and time again. It, it, this is this just reeks of NWO two thousand, and oh it is God. it is in very very dangerous waters. They, I'm sorry, we don't need to see Jay White coming in as you know, you know the the ex Bullet Club leader of Japan, or now he's the Bullet Club leader of the U.S. It's just. It's time. It's time to let it go. Uh, unfortunately, and I love the Bullet Club. I thought it was one of the funnest times, uh, you know, to kind of get everybody back into wrestling. It was. It, it was a lot of fun, but it, it ran its course just like the NWO did. And if we're being, you know, we're being serious here, it looks like it's going to keep running for a while. And and I love Juice Robinson. I love Jay White. Uh, I think David Finley has a he has a great career ahead of him. He's got a long way to go. It's it's time to go your separate ways, and also too, the, are they gonna? I guess the question for you guys is: Do you think that we're gonna see Jay White and David Finley at Forbidden Door? Uh, because I I don't know why that would be a thing, but I could see it happening. Um, if you do follow New Japan, they just kicked out El Fantasmo, right? Did I say that right? I did it right. You did. There we go. One out of two. (laughs) You could have even gone with the easy round. Just call him ELP, which he also goes by. See, you you took on the challenge, Tom, and that's why I respect you. I did it. I did it. Uh, But yeah, they they kicked him out of the Bullet Club. It looks like they're kind of, they're starting to hopefully decrease and and get get back to like the ruthless aggression, Mike, of the Bullet Club. But um yeah, what do you guys think? I, I think it's terrible. To be honest, I know I'm kind of beating around the bush. It's terrible. It's terrible that they're rehashing it. It's going to fall flat. People are already jumping shit from the Bullet Club. Jay White is so much better than to, to keep hanging on this. Let him run AEW. And have, hey, hell, have Juice Robinson as a, as, as a guy that they just, he comes in and beats people up for Jay. Why not? So what do you guys He's think? He's a heater. Yeah, no, yeah he's, he's a heater. Good. Jim, what, what, what are your thoughts on, on Bullet Club 2000? You know, Bullet Club has an amazing, had an amazing opportunity here yeah. because think <laughs> about it. You've got Bullet Club, you've got Bullet Club staples in New Japan and AEW and WWE and Impact. All of the major wrestling companies in the world, right, have Bullet Club members there. And rather than building on that, now it's like, oh, no, we're going to we're going to splinter. We're going to go these different directions. And they just, we, we talked about this 
was it last week or the week before when we talked about Finley's taking over it's run its course, man. Enough is a fuck enough. And, and this is just getting absurd. Um, you know, I gotta be honest. I think it'd be kind of cool to see a David Finley versus uh, Jay white at, at uh, forbidden North. I think that'd be cool. Um, yeah. I think, I think if you're going to do that, you do it for who's the real leader of the bullet club and then have Jay white win and say, there is no bullet club. There you go. Fucking done. Perfect. Problem solved. Perfect. Right? Yeah. And, and let Jay White and Juice Robinson become their own thing, right? Let them do their own, let them have their own identities and build their own identities. Um, Cause yeah, it's, it's, it's sad, man. It's fucking sad. Whether you're a Finn Balor guy or Prince Devitt, right? Whether you love the original Prince Devitt version, whether you love the, the AJ or the Kenny, whichever iteration of bullet club you loved most, it's fallen so fucking far from where it was. And it's sad to see it. It really is. It's, it's sad to see it go this way. Um, so yeah, they, they need to just let it go. Creating new subsets, the house of torture, bullet club, gold bullet club elite. I fucking enough, man. Just, just be done. Just be done. The only thing I wanted to add is just it. You can tell that Maybe it just it got me thinking about essentially time you said this last week where Jay White it, it potentially could have been Jay White that missed the cue or whatever for his entrance. Who know, who knows who's speculating? But I it, it kind of makes sense only because he hasn't been on national television. So to me, this is just and Ed, Juice Robinson hasn't either. But everybody knows the Bullet Club, and I feel like they're trying to use this as a way to get Jay White over with an American crowd. And it's like, hey guys, NWO too sweet, you know. And it's just like, and again. It, it, I don't know. It's just speculating, uh, but it just it kind of reeks of that, and it's just I agree with you. Like, let it go, you know, because before, um, you know, it was. Uh, I mean, he's still Switchblade, but he was just Switchblade Jay White, and had no affiliation with the Bullet Club, and was still getting over and doing very, very well. Um, and as Juice Robinson was too, um, if I'm not mistaken. Right before he turned, everyone was kind of like, "What?" Kind of similar to. David Finley taking over like what the hell like why like it just doesn't make sense so yeah it's I really I don't think there's anything more to say <laughs> just <laughs> let it go guys like seriously like which is interesting too because I, I get it that the whole thing was kind of built off of uh mocking you know the NWO but now it's become a mockery of itself and it's just like guys like let it go so I'm surprised someone in that group hasn't been like, just shut the fuck up already. Like, <laughs> stop it. Like, we can still too sweet. We can still do this. But shut it. Just not like you. I think it's a perfect way to end it and walk away. <laughs> well, I think I think part of the problem is that, you know, Gato apparently is really into this Bullet Club thing. And since he's the booker at New Japan. Right. He, he kind of gets to make that call. And I, I yeah. you know. That's a problem when, okay. when the guy who makes the call isn't thinking with his head, but he's thinking with his heart, you're, you're going to end up dragging things on for way too fucking long. Well, I mean, one could say not to, not to speaking of drag this topic out, but um, is, I mean, I think the same kind of, he did the same thing with Okada. He yeah. was a big Okada guy to a point where almost Okada, I was like, Jesus Christ. Okay. We get it. He is like enough already. And it's like, Hey guys, you've got, and thank God, you know, Will Osprey and whatnot. And he, he seems to have his moments and then, but then immediately it's like, Oh no, people still are going to love this. And it's like, no, okay, no, they don't. 
No, no, they don't. Didn't uh, wasn't it before Kenny Okada was on like a two year run with the title? Yep. He, he had it for a long time. It was insane, and like I mean, how many Wrestle Kingdoms that guy headlined? Like it's insane. Mm-hmm. His resume, like, and thinking that TNA like almost fucked his career. Oh yeah, it, it, it's insane to think about where he came from. But even then, again, yeah, it's just it was like okay. At some point, you have to lose, you know, and one could even be said, I think Nick Aldis, too, mm-hmm. with the NWA. He had that for, what, close to two years, you yeah. know, and it was just like, OK, you know, so. I mean, he's no Tyrus. <laughs> I mean, who is? No, really, he's not. Thank God. I mean, he's no Tyrus. <laughs> So who wants to kick off the uh, match of the week? Well, Tom never gets to go first. So I think Tom should get to go. Agreed, uh, Tom. Oh, man. With it. That's that's super tough because I actually uh, really, I didn't think anything really stood out all that well. Um, I thought it was kind of a dull week for sure in wrestling. But if I, if, if, if I could pick match of the week, I'm going to have to give it to uh, Cesaro and Metalik. Yeah. Um, I just love what they're doing with Ring of Honor. Um, I, I was. This is what I think Khan should have done from the very get-go with Ring of Honor, and maybe that's what he was doing, and that's why the product for Ring of Honor was so kind of up in the air. Um, I love Cesaro as the Ring of Honor champion. I love that they're doing that Ring of Honor like constant title defenses. Not they're not saving it for like big pay-per-views. Um, I, I like. I just I love the diverse uh, the diversity of the two. I thought it was a really good match for, for a kind of a slow week in wrestling. Um, but yeah, there's not much I can say about it. I just really, really enjoyed it. So uh, Jim, I'll throw it to you, man. What, what do you got? Similar to you, Tom. I didn't think that it was the most stellar week for wrestling, but I did have a match that I thought was really fun. Uh, and that was the, the Shibata and Coughlin versus the Work Horseman on Ring of Honor this week. Um, first of all, I've been a J.D. Drake fan for a while. I think the guy is incredibly underrated. I think he's awesome. I love the way he works. Uh, secondly, I will never not love a Shibata match. Um, I've been, I don't know, I don't know what got into me, but the last last few days I've been like, on this quest to find the best Shibata moments from new Japan. <laughs> so I've been watching a lot of Shibata lately. Uh, and, and I just thought this was a fun match. This was just really fun. I, I think um, Shibata Shibata and, you know, he's going to do his thing and look fucking amazing. Uh, I thought Alex Coughlin uh, really had, it was a coming out party for him. I thought this was a really good way to showcase his skill set. And again, I think the workhorsemen are awesome. I, I fucking love JD Drake. Anthony Henry, okay, but I love JD Drake, uh, and so I just thought it, I thought it was a really fun Ring of Honor tag match, and uh, you know, match of the year, no, no, not even fucking close. But it was fun. it was a fun match to watch, and and uh, I, yeah, I think if Ring of Honor continues having matches like that, we're in for a good future. I think they're off and running uh, as a company in a good way. Same with you. Um, again, I don't watch the WWE product, but I read um, that. Eh, raw basically and i heard nxt was one of the worst it's been i mean oh, i haven't heard anything good coming out of there my god just, nxt is horrible i feel bad because i feel like they've got a couple gems and they just they i i don't know i i i don't know maybe we can save this for later but like i really what's uh grayson waller i think he's got a lot of potential but nah. i think he's just absolutely <laughs> wasted right now um and 
I, God, there's just so many. I feel so bad. Like uh, Alba Fry and um, what's her? What's she go by now? Fire Alba Fire. Oh yeah, I know Alba Fire. But what's her 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 tag partner now, or like her? I don't know. Like oh, mistress um, or something. I, they're the champs, but I don't remember her name at all. I can't think of her name. Oh my God! But she another really really good talent. Like what are you doing? Yeah, like you're just wasting what they're doing. Um, but um, and dynamite really wasn't anything special. Um, in fact, I actually had to catch up on it. I missed it live. But uh, my match of the week actually comes from the dynamite. Um, I really thought the Orange Cassidy uh, uh, Buddy Matthews match was pretty damn good. Um, I it, it kind of you know similar to Jim's uh, sentiments with his match was was it match of the year? No, but I think it's still a good. It's I wish I could see more of Buddy Matthews. Um, I felt that match, it took a little bit to get him going, but man, when he got going, I mean, it just crisp in the knees and I'm like, man, I want more of this. And it's just, it's, it's a mid card type match. Um, but decent, check it out. Orange Cassidy's orange Cassidy. I mean, that guy is amazing. Um, there's a reason why he's the champ right now. And there's, I do not see anybody that's going to take it off of him. I mean, he still is just gets that electric pop. And I, it's insane to think that somebody putting their hands in their pockets is is, is still over uh, and whatnot. But, um, you know, I just I'm a big fan of House of Black. I, I just I love this style. I love what they're trying to do with Buddy Matthews or what I think they're trying to do. And I just I heard it a, a while ago and it was it was like you have the it was like the cult leader is Malachi. Then you have like the destroyer is uh, is is Brody. And then and Buddy Matthews is the juggernaut. I mean, he just looks like solid muscle i mean he's insane and i just i hope we see more of them and i thought that was a i wouldn't call it like a coming out party but i mean it definitely i i think it helped you know boost his like hey put me more on tv you know and it just it stinks that it seems to take at least in this match it took him a little bit to get going to kind of find their rhythm but man when they did he was just everything he did was crisp and orange cassidy was orange cassidy and sold like a million bucks so uh i thought it ended well uh, you know, like a what is it? The mouse trap pin. It's a great way to to get a big guy. You know, you trap the big guy. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, did you guys catch that at all, Jim? Tom, did you see? Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, it was it was it was definitely solid. I really like the the way that they're working the hand injury. Uh, I thought that was a that was a really you don't see that kind of angle very much in matches. So I, yeah. I really liked the way they were doing it. Um, no, I thought it it was it was definitely a solid match. I think, I think Matthews, Mike, like you said, is he's a sleeper for sure. Like I always said to when he was in NXT and, and WWE, he was the closest WWE had to Kenny Omega and they, they fucked it up. And I and like, especially when they teased when it was the House of Black versus the Elite and they teased him and Omega kind of staring off at each other. I was like, let these guys go. And, and I think you will not be disappointed. I, I think Buddy Matthews is one of the best talents AEW scooped up in a long time. Well, what should, I have a question for you guys. What was a bigger disappointment for you on, on dynamite The the Claudio and Mox versus Nakazawa Cutler tag match <laughs> or the Chris Jericho, Keith Lee, uh, both Ooh. of those matches made me violently ill. Um, Boy, I, 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 it, I don't know what the purpose of, I get that the BCC, I get what, but like, what did that serve? You know, like yeah. to me, I, I honestly, if I was Brandon Cutler and Mike and I, I'd be fucking pissed. I'd be like, you just made us look <laughs> like absolute dog shit. 
you know, and I like, seriously, I mean, it's just, it, I was really disappointed in that, but much more disappointed with the Keith Lee Jericho thing where I'm just like, I, I, it's sad. I get it. And it's, it's funny. I actually, so here's another question and turn it on, you know, sorry, Tom, I want you to answer the first question, but I don't know. There are too uh, many questions. Too many. Um, <laughs> I saw something recently where this is kind of reminiscent of what they tried to do supposedly with Keith Lee and Adam Cole, uh, where in WWE, they wanted Adam Cole to be uh, Keith yeah, Lee's mouth Keith Lee's manager. manager. And it kind of, it, so it's like, I don't know if I like this because I think Keith Lee absolutely can go over by himself. Um, I, he comes out, I mean, just my God, like, it's like natural charisma with a guy. I was trying to like explain it to Caitlin and she's like, who's Keith Lee? And I'm like, well, he's this guy. I'm like, he's, he's, Keith Lee, Lee. Man. He, he's fucking Keith Lee. Like <laughs> I just, I, I can't explain it, but so I don't know. So Tom, so a couple of questions, you know, did you see, did you, did you hear about that? The very comparisons to the WWE and then obviously to Jim, you know, what was, what was more disappointing? <laughs> Um, well, I'll d- definitely Keith Lee versus Jericho because the writing was on the wall. I texted you guys a week ago. I was like, he better not go over Lee. And, and sure enough, he did. Um, and I, I don't know. It just, all of this reeks of Chris Jericho thinking he can tell a really great story involving himself over and over again. And it, it just, it was so disappointing. Keith Lee, we, we praise him all the time. Jericho needs to get the fuck off of television and stop meddling in Adam Cole stuff. Keith, any, anybody who's up and coming or anybody who's like really excited that we're, <laughs> I think as a whole, the wrestling community is like, oh man, I can't, I'm so glad that so-and-so's back. Chris Jericho's there to be like, what if I worked with him though? <laughs> and, and, and nobody else. Hear me out. Yeah, yeah. This this is this is like a classic Jim Yeager line. Who the fuck asked for this? Nobody. Nobody <laughs> asked for this. And yet we we see it time and time again. At least the whole Brandon Cutler and that whole shit. It, it was a story. It was a shitty one. It made it in a weird way. It made sense. But yeah, I agree with you, Mike. It made them all look really stupid. And it was just like, oh, it's just a, a catapult for the elite to come back. That, that's all it was, and that's fine. There is no benefit for having Keith Lee lose to Chris Jericho. And, and, and to, to answer your question, I think it was just a, a shot at WWE. I don't think we're going to see those two guys. If you want to talk about Austin rock level feuds, it's those two guys. And those two guys can do it. I don't, I don't foresee them, him being a manager to Keith Lee. I just think it was kind of like a fuck you to WWE because, Hey, we've got two guys who could have like completely changed the business for WWE. So that, that's what I think about it. But Keith Lee versus Jericho was fucking just ridiculous. And it's what just even made me even matter was the fact that, you know, the one, I can't believe I'm going to give him credit at this point. You know, I was a big Chris Jericho fan, but there's the fact that it's just, he, like you said, Tom, I mean, what are you? Are you a rocker? Are you an 80s rocker? Which is, I don't know, that's weirdly terrifying. You know, are you a wrestler? Are you an entertainer? You know, I, I think they missed out with Jericho and the whole Jericho Appreciation Society and the whole entertainment aspect. I think that that was, I mean, clearly that is 
seems to be very, very hush hush now, you know, and, and what I was going to say about Jericho is that he is good at getting people over for some odd reason that guy takes, I mean, he took a spirit bomb at his age like that. You got to give him some credit, you know, where that's at. But again, it's just, I mean, who else did he, how is it that action Andretti gets to go over and Keith Lee loses? And it just, that doesn't make any sense to me because he, Keith Lee looked amazing. He looked amazing in that match, you know, even with the knees up moonsault, like, holy shit, that guy can do a fucking moonsault and the big Mongolian chops. Like, I love that. And Jericho does make good people look good, but it's just, it's, it's, to me, it's just his ego getting in the way. He's, oh, I'm going to go over because I'll make you a star kid. And it's like, no, you don't. Like, you really don't. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I don't know, Jim, I I see your, your work done. Well, look, I mean, you know, you, you, you mentioned action Andretti. Yeah. Look at the rub he got. Boy, is his career off and running, man. Action Andretti sure is a big fucking name in the business now, isn't he? No one, no one comes out better for working with Chris Jericho. No one having him go over on Keith Lee is the dumbest fucking decision. It was a shit match for the record. Right. It was a terrible match because Keith Lee has fucking abilities that Chris Jericho could never dream of. Even in Chris Jericho's heyday, he couldn't hang with Keith Lee. And now you got fucking depends, man. You know, <laughs> fucking I'm, you know, it looks like the fucking Mick Mars from Motley Crue. He could barely move because he's so fucking rigid and stiff. Now you got that Chris Jericho slowing down Keith Lee, impeding on what Keith Lee's able to do fuck off man just fuck right off i am so goddamn sick and tired i said it last week when they announced the match if fucking chris jericho goes over i'm gonna find tony khan's house i'm gonna slap the shit out of him and i know you know what i'm gonna be doing i'm gonna spend the next week finding tony khan so i can smack the shit out of him because it just i mean look i i i get continuing the feud between swerve and keith lee I, that I think could be a good feud, yeah. but not to not don't don't intertwine it with this bullshit. Don't fucking come on, please stop pretending Chris Jericho offers anything but his own fucking ego. I mean, the Jericho Appreciation Society is one of the worst fucking stables I've ever seen. They're fucking terrible. They're going nowhere. They they never had any momentum to begin with. He's just the guy's a fucking anchor. He's just an absolute fucking anchor. I, I the thing the thing that drives me nuts, and I, I understand where your point is, Mike. With you know, does Chris Jericho? Uh, Chris Jericho doesn't need to take the spirit bomb. You're absolutely right. There are I don't know twenty other guys who could take that, sell it, and still make Keith Lee look like a star. He does. Jericho had no business being out there except for. Chris Jericho's ego going, it, just like you said, Mike, like, hey, don't worry, you're in good hands, kid. I'll take care of you. And, and Keith Lee should have been like, I'm, I'm fine without you, man. <laughs> like, yeah, 100%. I'm fucking it, it's so fucking stupid. Gentlemen, are you ready for the spotlight? You know, I was thinking about how to introduce this person. Uh, and, you know, I was thinking, I was like, you know, I know we do the word games and, you know, we're always trying to trick each other into to, to getting, you know, who to get good guesses. 
because uh, we've had a mixed bag. But um, I'm I'm going to give one clue, and I think you guys are going to know who it is right away. Um, and I don't care because I think this individual definitely needs to be recognized. But um, because fuck Jim Cornette, that's why is my hint, gentlemen. Any idea who I'm talking about? Uh, I'm going to go with Kenny Omega. Well, the amazing Ren. Santino Morella. Because Santino Morella slapped him one time. Oh yeah, that is no, I no, uh, I, I don't know. I, uh, wow, I'm 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 gonna give you guys one. Is more it me? Guess. <laughs> I'm gonna, Fuck me. Jim. So flip. You're Yeager, spotlighting me. It goes by. <laughs> <laughs> one, one more guess. Uh, can you give us a, at least one more hint? Nope, that is the only guess. And if oh, you guys, Jim Cornette. I'm surprised. F- yeah, fuck Jim Cornette because that's oh, why. Oh. Sheiky baby? No. Ah, fuck. That would have been so good. I, I, I mean, I can't imagine him saying fuck Jim Cornette, but uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. No. No. I mean, right. wish, honestly. I'm really surprised. Uh, gents, we are going to talk about Riho. Yes. Oh. Because now, nah, yes. Fuck Jim Cornette. Yes. That's why. Um, yes, if Love you it. don't know who this individual is, uh, my God, you have to go look her credentials up. I had no idea. I, I had an inkling, but I had no fucking idea about this girl's background. Uh, so first off, uh, to start with, she was trained by Emmy Sakura. Uh, I don't know if you've been, if you're familiar with her, she's been on AEW before. Great, fantastic women's wrestler. She'll come up a little bit. Uh, any guesses on when she started training with Emmy Sakura? Seven years old. Hey, Tom. Shit. I feel like I just blew my cards. You <laughs> <laughs> showed my hand. Six, six years old. You gentlemen are both very close. Nine. Holy shit. She yes. was okay. nine years right. old. Yeah, when I knew she it was started. like very young. I like, then I was like, wait, so that would mean she's 25 years old and what this girl has, what? has accomplished in this short of a career. Fuck Jim Cornette. That's why yep. like it's unreal. So, okay. So we're going to get into this. So she starts off with, uh, she really, really begins her career again with Emmy Sakura at, at uh, Emmy Sakura had her own, uh, fed called ice ribbon. Um, and uh, here are the accomplishments that Riho did while in uh, um, while at Ice Ribbon under again the tutelage of Emi Sakura, her her primary, you know the the what the um, oh my god uh, trainer Shingo to Great Muda, uh, you know that kind of yeah like very you know very powerful connection in Japanese wrestling. She is the first. I don't know why this is called this. I didn't really get into it, but the ice. Time 60 championship she's the like essentially what is the world heavyweight championship i think she's the international ribbon tag team champion and the triangle ribbon champion i don't know they all sound like amazing names but she was essentially their first <laughs> triple crown champion um and which is if you're familiar um with your wrestling and specifically japanese wrestling the triple crown's a, a pretty big deal um it's been kind of not i don't want to say like a mockery but it's it's, it feels like it's kind of coming back a little bit, you know, that the, I feel like it's, you know, um, it's coming to prominence once again. Uh, so, cause it, it, if you're, again, if you're familiar with it, 
the triple cup was or uh, the triple crown was like kind of a big deal. And then it just it got really silly and kind of went away. And it's just it's still there for the hardcore fans. But anyway, I digress. So also, while I thought this was insane uh, at Golden Ribbon, uh, which was a promotion, it was Ice Ribbon. It was a a pay-per-view they put on. um, She became the youngest individual uh, to main event a show at, at, uh, I hope I'm saying this right, uh, Curricon Hall, which is crazy. Curricon, yeah. Yeah, like that's, I I don't know what age she was. I, I didn't really get into that, but she lost her championship back to Emi Sakura uh, in her first, uh, her first defense, ending her title reign at 30 days, which is it's, I think that's really interesting because that is in Japanese wrestling to me kind of signifies you're good, but you're not quite ready yet. And it's, you know, it's that trainer to like, I'm taking it back. Now you have to work for it. So, I mean, just that alone, fuck Jim Cornette, because (laughs) that's why (laughs) that's going to come up a lot because I just, I am so to him to make a mockery of this woman. And to say, you know, that she's not good enough to hang because blah, blah, blah. Like, know who you're talking about, dickhead. You know, like, this girl probably has wrestled more and is more of a compassionate human being than you have ever been in your career. So anyway, sorry, soapbox. So anyway, so she's, you know, as a lot of Japanese wrestlers do, they kind of float feds. Uh, So she ends up going to DDT Pro, uh, DDT Professional Wrestling another big organization in Japan, kind of known more for, I would say, comedy. Um, I think they float. You know, I know Colt Cabana, uh, Toriano, they're always over there cutting up shit. Um, But I've heard it's like kind of starting to swing. They're they're trying to get a little bit more serious. But she um, was also the Sea of Japan while at DD Pro Wrestling, uh, the Sea of Japan six-person tag team championship with who you gentlemen talked about earlier, Mr. Kenny Omega. And a Mr. Number Six. Legit MR dot number sign six. I've never heard of Mr. Six. (laughs) I don't know if it's Mr. Number Six or just Mr. Six. (laughs) So I was really, I really went down that rabbit hole while I was. Wait, wait, is it Sean Waltman Six? (laughs) I thought about about that too. And I'm like, wait a minute, is this, is this X book? Is he, wait. Is it's this a, a really guy in a? It's a guy in a mask walking around, going, "Where's China? China? Where China go? China?" But let's be serious about DDT. That could legitimately happen. Oh yeah, that probably yes, did it happen. Yes, it fucking sure it could. Could. <laughs> it did. Yeah. DDT wrestling is so weird. It's fucking DDT, bizarre. home of the wrestling and a a life size doll. Yep. I was gonna say, wasn't didn't Omega have like? Yep. Legit. Yeah. I don't want to say like the greatest Omega and Abushi both had, had full matches with a life-size doll. And it looked amazing. It was insane. Ah. Like that's, what's crazy (laughs) about it. It's like, Jesus Christ, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So, so again, so not again, that's pretty much the biggest thing. I just thought it was kind of, it just, at that point, a very young Kenny Omega for sure. Um, So she ends up going to uh, only for a year in 2010, 2011 union pro wrestling, really nothing big there. Again, kind of more of a, just, you know, working her craft. Uh, so her biggest move essentially is what really kind of puts her on the map. Um, is she goes to, I, I don't, I hope I'm saying this right. It's, it's G A T O H. And I, it's Gato, I, I think, but I, I feel like that's more got like cat. So I'm not sure, but it was, it's <laughs> Gato move pro wrestling. Uh, she's there for seven years. 
Um, and the biggest reason she's there is Emmy Sakura. Emmy Sakura ends up leaving her original Ice Ribbon organization and starts this. And surprise, surprise, guess who ends up being the first uh, under this? The uh, She wins the IWA uh, Triple Crown Championship. Again, another Triple Crown mm-hmm. Championship. And again, I had to look this up because I was like, wait, IWA, it used to be IWA Japan. Um, and that was the big, that was the big triple crown, I believe. Um, and then it, it kind of faded away. And now uh, it was, I mean, Sakura's organization. And there was another one in the Japan that was starting to bring it back up. So again, it's, it's hardcore fans are going to know about it, but it's got some life again, which I think is kind of cool. But Riho, triple crown championship. Fuck you, Jim Cornette. <laughs> so this, like, again, really puts it on our map, which uh, a lot of Japanese wrestlers do. And I, I, I'm i not familiar with um, uh, uh, women's or I'm sorry, uh, I hope I'm saying this right. Japanese women's professional wrestling as I am more men's because men's the young boy. They go through a dojo and then they go on excursion, you know, et cetera. So I, I don't know what Rio's I don't know if she was in some type of dojo. Um, but one could kind of consider her next move after she leaves Emi Sakura's uh, organization is she starts showing up in AEW. Um, and this is, again, very typical. Uh, there, it feels very excursion-y is kind of her, you know, who is this? Um, and almost immediately she makes an impact. Um, she ends up uh, getting involved in the, uh, it was the tournament to crown the first AEW women's champion. Um, and she ends up defeating uh, Hikaru Shida, uh, another amazing women's uh, professional, a woman's professional wrestler, amazing, to meet Nyla Rose for the inaugural AEW championship. She wins it. Like this essentially unknown, you know, it just, mm-hmm. but go back and I implore everybody. And if you guys have watched those matches, she's so fast and so crisp for how t- tiny she is. I mean, she is a petite woman and the shit she does and Man, the work she does is, and and we're going to get into, hopefully, uh, I can see, I know, Jim, you're shaking your head because hopefully you're thinking we're going to talk about her and Jimmy Hayter. Um, so we'll get to that. Um, and just again, <laughs> but her, her just, she sells so well, uh, unbelievably well. So, you know, moving on really quick, because I really want to get to you guys' thoughts on her. She ends up losing the title after 133 days, a good run. Um I wouldn't say memorable just because I think uh, AEW at that time was really trying to find their women's division. Um, I'm not saying it was a mistake to put it on Riho. I thought it was a very honorable thing to do, um, but it just, it, there was no momentum yet. And I, it just, it kind of sucked. Um, and it just, I don't want to say wrong place, wrong time, but it kind of felt that way. It was just, if it was mm-hmm. a little bit more, man, I think Riho would be a lot bigger, you know, than she is. <coughs> Excuse me. So ends up, she loses the title, but immediately back in uh, AEW does these things, uh, you know, off and on. Sometimes it's a tournament. Sometimes it's just a single thing, the world title eliminator. Uh, in this case, it yep. was a tournament. Uh, so she beats Serena Deep, another spotlighter wrestler I brought up, beats her in the first round. And just, I was thinking about it. What a testament to Serena Deep, who just, who has said that she really want to work with good talent. And I, Rio, like, yeah, what a great talent. Um, and then she ends up losing to Thunder Rosa in the second round, but it Thunder Rosa was pretty hot at this time. And that's, again, I felt like it was just, man, just wrong place, wrong time for Rio, uh, where it was clearly, you know, it was building to the Thunder Rosa 
Britt Baker, et cetera, all that fun stuff. So, um, so she ends up going, she participates, uh, in the Owen Hart cup, uh, which we all know was won by Britt Baker, but she beats, um, some good names and she, uh, she wrestled Ruby Soho ends up losing. And then of course we all know how it turned out from there. Um, but really that's where she's at right now. And I think currently, and that's most current, what I was kind of referencing to Jim about, because I, I, I think we're both, all three of us are big Jamie hater fans. Um, she's, uh, you know, has wrestled, I think I, it was the dynamite. I think it was this past dynamite. She wrestled, um, yeah. Jamie hater. Great, great match. It just, it, it, it was a, it was a second for me. I wouldn't say it was a close second. Uh, it, there were some things where it was just, you know, again, I think that the AEW women's division is still trying to find their footing, you know, between that. I don't know. I don't know. It's just it, it, the, the sad entertainment part of it because they know it's going to draw eyes and the fact that these women can actually really, really wrestle. So I, you know, it was, it was good, but I think it could have been better, maybe saved even for something later. But, um, yeah, and and she was also, and I didn't know this either, number eight in the PWI Women's, I believe it was the inaugural oh, year wow. in 2020, I thought, but like wow. that's pretty fucking high. So, um, I, I I didn't I didn't look into um her what her ratings were because she's had some injuries. Um, she actually just one of the reasons why she kind of disappeared for a bit. She broke her collarbone, Oof. um, and so that's why now she's coming back. And I I think she's an exciting, it, she's amazing. Like I said, go back. Watch her matches. I've never seen anybody like a woman sell like she does. I as move as crisp as she does. And fuck Jim Cornette, because that's why. So <laughs> gentlemen, uh the floor is yours. Uh whoever wants to go first. What are your what are your thoughts on Riho? Like what do you what do you think, you know, good, bad, indifferent? What what are your thoughts? Well, I'll say that I the first time I, I saw her, I thought are you fucking kidding me? Um, because she, she this girl weighs less than a hundred pounds. Um, so it, you, you know, there's, there's a certain suspension of disbelief when you're watching pro wrestling that you have to have. I thought that was pushing. I was like, you want me to believe this fucking child, uh, is going to be doing shit. But then when you realize, like, instead of looking at it as like, oh my God, she's only, you know, like she's only under a hundred pounds thinking it was like, oh my God, she's doing this and she's only a hundred pounds. It really becomes quite remarkable. Um, I will say similar to, to what I said about, uh, Chris hero, I think a change of wardrobe for Riho would do her a lot of good. I think her ring attire is part of the reason why it's hard for a lot of fans to take her seriously. Uh, it just, she just, she looks fucking ridiculous. She has phenomenal talent. She has tremendous skills. Uh, for fuck's sake, she was able to power up Nyla Rose. She was able to do power moves on Nyla. Rose. Think about that. Think of the size of Riho versus the size of Nyla Rose. And she was able to pull off power moves. I, I, I think a repackaging of Riho would do her a ton of good. But yeah, I mean, I know that Kenny Omega is a huge fan of hers. Uh, he's a big advocate for her and, and for good reason. You know, she is. She is. She's very good. And like you said, man, she's she's still a fucking kid. She's still super duper young. And, you know, I. I'm really excited to watch where her career moves forward because she does. She has a long career ahead of her. And uh, I think is, is, is going to ultimately be known as one of the best uh, Japanese professional female wrestlers of all time. But um, yeah, I, I, I think Riho's only downside is in her packaging. I think her performance is good. I think her, her abilities are very solid. I think she's got a great mind for, for wrestling. Um, you just, you know, 
let, let's get some more creative people working on uh, how we're presenting her. Yeah. I was going to say really quick to throw it to you, Tom. No, that, I mean, it kind of makes sense. And that's, it's, it's very, her wardrobe is very Japanese and it's, it's, it, it works there. It's it, unfortunately America is still too dense to, you know, realize that people dress differently in the world and it's mm-hmm. very acceptable. Um, but it also, again, the dunksicity of uh, the American people is that they're like, well, she looks like a child. That's, ch-, you know, I can see, and, you know, and it's just like, just avoid it. You know, I'm actually, I'm kind of surprised mm-hmm. it hasn't become a thing, you know, that somebody hasn't been like, um, yeah, you're kind of, uh, you know, like just, uh, you're kind of crossing a line maybe, you know, I don't know. So <laughs> just, it, it just sucks that it's that she unfortunately can't really kind of be herself, you know, in a way. So I don't know, Tom, uh, and Thoughts on Rio? Great, great choice. I actually will throw myself out there. I don't know a lot about her. Um, I've, I've seen uh, the matches with Hater. I, I, I hate to even admit it. I completely forgot that uh, Rio Nyla Rose actually won the championship uh, because of Britt, Bra- Britt Baker's run. Um, title was even completely different. Yeah, it was like that tiny. was like it was so small. Uh, yeah, that and that was like yeah, Britt was or somebody was like, what the fuck? Yeah, what serious? is this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean I don't know a lot about her at all, and I, I'm, I'm glad you you, you picked her because I'll definitely go back and you know uh, do some homework for sure. Um, I'm actually just blown away that that a professional wrestler was willing to take a chance on training a nine year old. That is kind of insane. And that, I mean, that alone is a huge honor. And, and also I love, but also hate when you, when we all do like spotlights on people who have like accomplished a lot by the time they're 25, because I always think about like the Beatles, <laughs> like the Beatle complex of like, Hey, did you know the Beatles broke up when they were like 27? Hey, did you know this, this amazing <laughs> professional woman's uh, wrestler is like a decorated champion by 25. And I'm like, yeah, I, I barely know how to drive, and I'm 38. <laughs> like, so cool. That that makes me feel good. But no, it's incredible. She, I could definitely tell that you know she she seems like kind of that once in a lifetime talent. Where man, strike while the iron's hot because I mean, at nine years old, that is insane. Like, could you yeah, imagine what? somebody like a nine year old boy training with like Harley Race? Then he would kill the kid. <laughs> like, that would, that's unheard of. Like, like, would be like, let me let me go ahead and just uh, just just toughen you up, kid. Let me chop you a few times. And it's, <laughs> well, did you know Harley Race murdered a child? Like I don't know if you knew that. Oh, no, incredible choice, my dear. He'd put out cigarettes on the kid's forehead oh, just to prove a point. Yeah, he's like, I want you to do your worst, and then he was like, "All right, here's what a receipt is, kid." <laughs> no, Mr. Race. So, uh, you like potatoes, motherfucker. <laughs> Let me let me introduce you to my friend Stan Hansen. <laughs> so no, good choice, man. I, I like I said, I don't have too much to add because I just I don't know enough about her, but I definitely will look her up. That's a great, great choice, man. And yes, yeah, also no, I, uh, I agree. Fuck Jim Cornette. <laughs> Thank you. No, that was no, and it just that was the whole point. Is I mean, this to him to just make fun of her because she said she can't, you know, hang and do this and that, and it was like. Man, get the fuck out of here. Like you, I mean, what a spirit of wrestling too. If you think about it, like you, I had to really dig for some of this stuff and like, I never even heard 
of Emi Sakura's Fed. So like that's some serious tape trader shit. And she did. She kind of just showed up out of nowhere. And it was really on the advice of Kenny Omega. Because I, I remember him yep. really being behind her. But then she disappeared. And now it's like, look, she's back again. So it's like, I really like you, Tom. I really hope they can. And you too, Jim, is like really find a good package for her. So, and I, well, I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see because she's, you know, she's playing a big role in this. Uh, the outcasts, right? The, the mm-hmm. so the the Soraya, Tony Storm, Ruby Soho versus the originals. Um, Riho's playing a big role there, and I, I'm anxious to see where she goes with this. I'm anxious to see, you know, how this can progress her character for the American audience because it's going to be her biggest feud to date. Uh, yeah. you know, she 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 had great matches with the title, but didn't have any feuds really. I mean, her and Nyla were you know had had several matches but i it, it wasn't really a built-up feud or anything so yeah. i i think this is this is a really good opportunity for Riho to make herself well known to an american audience in this particular angle um because there's going to be a lot of eyes on it simply because you got you got hate jamie hater you got Britt baker you got tony storm you got ruby soho you got soraya add Riho into that it's it's a good opportunity for her to really have a coming out party. So Agreed. looking forward to it. Uh, and I, I think she'll, she'll be up for it. Yeah, me too. No. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't heard of Rio, check her out. Uh, she's amazing. Uh, she's definitely one of my, uh, one of my favorites currently going right now. So, and again, uh, fuck Jim Cornette. That'll wrap it up for this episode, but come back next time for more news analysis. And of course, spotlighted wrestler of the week. Big thanks for giving us a listen and a super thanks for subscribing to this podcast so you can have our dulcet tones delivered right to you each week. Feel free to leave us some feedback on your podcast delivery platform of choice. On behalf of Mike and Tom, I am Jim and we are out. Out.